0: To open this week's show, um, first, can we dispel with the notion that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing? <laughs> uh, sure. Did you watch the debate? I assume you at least saw that. But did you? Do you? I know you're not super into watching the political stuff. But did you? Did you see any of this?
1: I, so I'm, I'm super into following the political stuff. I am not super into the debate stuff. No, I, I have I have absolutely no idea what you're referring to. So okay well then this this
0: makes no sense to anybody or it makes no sense to the key audience member right now mm you know who marco rubio is right
1: i'm i'm familiar with his work yes
0: and and he's generally considered to be just the absolute worst
1: <laughs> well there's there's a field that all might fall into that category but
0: oh man it, it, well go go to youtube after this and watch it and it 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 was the the best thing ever mm it's like whenever you just watch, like, do you ever, so this happens in like everyday conversation. Do you ever have people who, it just seems like they have one thing that they want to say that they kind of like thought of in a conversation and that's all they, all they say? Yeah. that That's Marco Rubio, except that's his entire life. And he got called out on it and it was pretty, pretty good.
1: Oh, I, I did hear about that part, how he was being attacked for a, what, basically pulling lines out of his stump speech to use during the debate. Mm-hmm. that was like his big uh, key thing and then he just kept he said it like four
0: times in a row in totally unrelated places like but like within the span of 10 minutes after being told that anytime he's like confronted with an actual question he doesn't actually address it
1: Yeah I so it's for me like the last I maybe well, not even not even so much last election but like in 08 I guess I would have been more into the the theater aspect of the election, but definitely starting last cycle and really this cycle, I, I just I want the substance. I don't I don't want I don't need the pop and you know pomp and circumstance. I want positions. I want policies. I'm I'm old. That's really what I'm trying to say.
0: And I will agree. I am too. But in in an election cycle that's just been so full of non nonsense and theater this was incredibly refreshing because it was somebody who had no chance, who who has zero chance and will drop out of the race probably in the next month or so. Just taking down somebody who's just probably pretty genuinely just an awful person. So good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a weird election cycle. I'm bummed that Biden's not running. I understand he has personal reasons, but I'm bummed.
1: Mm, Yeah. You're a Bernie kind of guy. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, no, not not really. As a, as again as as a, as a policy kind of guy, I'd, I think it's hard to be a Bernie guy.
0: Young people love him.
1: He can, now he he can get a crowd going. I, I give him that. The young people love him in the same way. Nope. Sorry, just
0: gonna skip over that. <laughs> what, what what happened? I'll tell you offline. That was gonna be a That was gonna be a very unpopular opinion. So <laughs> okay. just skipping right over it.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't go too deep into the political water here.
0: Yeah, that that would have been bad.
1: Although, look, I mean, you know, not to get too personal with either of us, but little known fact that you and I are both political science majors. That, that that's that's true. We're not that makes that us in,
0: that makes us intensely uh, intensely qualified to speak about any of this. Uh, more qualified than many, perhaps. Quite possibly.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. So. Um, so what what are we talking about? I the, 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 the politics stuff. We I think we gotta kind of get away from. That's all I had. <laughs> do you, just want, you want to talk about talk about the election? Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's talk about uh, Hillary's email. Oh no. Uh do you want to uh, do you want to get some of the small? St- well, yeah. Let's get some of the small stuff out of the way. Okay. Um. Hmm. Uh, you you sent me a thing about. Tim Cook, like people, he he took a photo at the Super Bowl and it was blurry on his iPhone and people are like giving him crap over it.
1: Yeah. So uh, I I didn't understand this at all. Yeah. So apparently Tim Cook was on the field, I guess, either during the game or at the very least after the game on Sunday, uh, which we should come back to. I, I want to get your, your hot Super Bowl take, the, the, your last opportunity for a, a hot football take. That's another year. one we're we're gonna have to take it offline. gonna <laughs> say something unpopular. Um, and so he yeah, so he was on the field. So the game was in, of course, the the San Francisco Bay Area, as we covered last week. And so you know, I get I'm I'm assuming Tim Cook, amongst other techie folks, were there. And after the game, he he t- he took a picture of the festivities, and he posted it on Twitter. And and the picture is extremely blurry. Um, And of course, people just jumped all over this, you know, calling out how, um, you know, certain Android cameras wouldn't do this. Although I'm not really, I'm not entirely sure that's even close to being true. But anyway, all all the Apple haters came out of the woodworks, making fun of this photo. And on one hand, I think that's stupid, because objectively, the iPhone camera really is one of the best, if not the best, camera phone. But on the other hand, I do kind of get it and this is Tim Cook's bad. He shouldn't have posted that photo. You you yeah, ha- you, you have to think of stuff like that no as a pub- as a public figure. You do. No, you don't. And you do. I mean, you get to be an unedited
0: individual you could, because that's that's a problem when like like a committee runs your social media or or whatever.
1: No, I I don't think that's it at all because this wasn't like it was commentary but you, he you didn't ha- have
0: to like in a really exciting event you don't have to sit there of thinking oh how you compose a picture and whether or not this reflects uh positively on the image sensor that's inside the phone that we produce like but it, was, that's but I mean, it wasn't
1: but it wasn't even a good picture well, they, they, nothing on social media is no okay.
0: it's all just ephemeral crap that nobody needs to see the, that's the, that's the a whole the, point of a...
1: the picture you just you sent me shortly ago shortly ago <laughs> <That's laughs> not not so it's already that's not a phrase uh the The picture you sent me in the slack a little while ago it, that's a, a perfectly nice photo but yeah when, when you have when you have
0: dogs and dolphins you uh, you 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 frame that up properly <laughs> when you're when you're in a stadium full of people wanting to see some some dude from
1: arizona fail uh, it's it's different. Oh, you just you're you've been full of wisdom, uh, the last couple of episodes. <laughs> some real some real one-liners. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sur- I'm surprised. My whole um
0: positive spin on life and the in the futility of the human experience wasn't the show title last week. But
1: I well, I mean, I you know you you actually during the show requested that I just take that out of, of which you know I didn't even ever consider that. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Are you are you thinking about that again now? Moving on, I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of, thinking of that a little bit. Being adults hard. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think I I I agree with you to an extent. Um, but I I I do think that that photo was bad enough that Tim Cook should have thought of that.
0: I do think. So like the the small article that you sent me that I read about that is that like he he cares a 6S and the 6S+ plus is the one that has the optic uh, optical image stabilization motor thing. The one thing I do sort of not that this even matters but I think that they shouldn't have features that are exclusive to a plus model. In case we want to pivot this to something we can actually talk about.
1: Uh yes, that that will a nice transition.
0: No, I, mean, I I just yeah, I, I because the 6s plus is a, is a ridiculous phone that most people who aren't giants shouldn't have it, it just I understand when you have you have the luxury of more space you can fit certain components in there that you can't and that's where you understand that the battery life on us uh, on the plus models is probably gonna be better and there are certain other differences like the screen's slightly higher resolution but for the camera I, I think it's weird that even though they could that they choose to put in a feature that kind of sets apart the most like the, the best-selling model and puts it at a disadvantage compared to a product they themselves make. I, f- I find that strange.
1: Well, so, so what you're, you're pivoting into is, so there have been some rumors in the last week or two that, um so I guess taking a step back, so there have been rumors for a long time now that the iPhone 7 is going to have some type of dual-lens camera system. And by having, and this is where I'm going to really show my ignorance with the, you know, technical nature of cameras, but through using two different lenses, you're going to be able to do things like changing your depth of field and having a much almost a much more like kind of DSLR type experience. Um, But now the, the more recent rumors here in the last week or two have indicated that that feature might be exclusive to the iPhone 7 Plus and not on the iPhone 7. Um, And, you know, the image stabilization thing's always been sort of a nice-to-have, not a you know need-to-have kind of thing, and it hasn't really been that big of a differentiator. Um, But, you know, if this dual-camera or dual-lens camera system is as big of a deal as it sounds like it could be, then all of a sudden the difference between the 7 and uh, the 7 Plus is a lot bigger. And like you were just saying, it, it seems like a real shame that... You'd have to kind of sacrifice having a phone that you know you can actually hold in one hand just to be able to get all the newest and greatest features.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even actually referring to any of the new, like rumored stuff. I'm specifically just talking about the the uh, minor improvements and and different uh, differences between um, the 4.7 inch model and the five and a half inch model. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a mistake. Take for them to 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 do that because i think that would like i still would never purchase the plus model just because it's 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 just a poor ergonomics and it's just not worth it but i would be like not resentful i don't, I don't know what the word is but I, I would just be bummed that there's like a feature that's genuinely novel that they put only in a model that like that only certain people would want. Like, I would either have to deal with a phone that's worse to carry around just to get, a, a, a like, a, a cool feature. And I don't really care for that. I already think this phone's slightly too big. And that's just weird. And I unless it's, like, some effort to drive up the average selling price of an iPhone. But, yeah, I'm not really sure.
1: So the million-dollar question is, would you upgrade to an iphone 7 plus if this ends up being exclusive to the plus
0: no i would just be annoyed and mad mm. because again i use my phone one-handed a lot and no, like again I, I think it's like in every like every three weeks i'll be like hmm a plus seems kind of cool just because like i'm reading something on Insta Paper or, or i'm doing a crossword on my phone and i'm just like i wish this was a little bit bigger and then i borrow a colleague's phone and it's 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 i i can't reach the the w key with one hand
1: a, a colleague that was that was very uh, proper of you.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a very yeah proper guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, guess you are. I, I forgot the rest of my English. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're both we're both having some trouble this evening. It's ten o'clock. It's all right. Yeah. Hmm. I don't. Anyways, even, so I, don't, I don't even have an adult beverage with me either, which is sad.
0: I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a requirement to get through, to get through these
0: things. <laughs> oh jeez. No, no. I mean. Oh,
1: mo- moving right along
0: again. Unless we start doing these at six a.m., you- you're not going to get the best of me.
1: You're you're a morning person. Let's, I, let's, let's let's stick with this. Hold on. So you're you're a morning person.
0: No, <laughs> okay. I. If I force myself to be a morning person, I have amazingly productive and uh, luminous. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Uh, I, like I have very productive and, and and fruitful mornings if I force myself to get up. But no, if I don't. I will turn on the TV and turn on news and then like drift in and out of sleep every 15 minutes until like 9 a.m. <laughs> but no, I, I can force myself to 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 wake up early, and then when I do, I get so much done in those first like three hours. Like I'm more productive than people are in their entire day before 9 a.m.
1: Yeah. I mean so actually the kidding aside, the reason why I wanted to know is because I've yeah, sort of been I guess this is like a delayed New Year's resolution. I don't know. But I've been kind of rethinking some of my routines and uh, specifically one of the things that i've wanted to change is that historically i've um, worked out in the evening when i get home from work but it's always been kind of problematic because then it you know it leads you to eat dinner really late which is not very healthy um and, you know, everything you read kind of indicates that, well, you're really supposed to kind of be winding down in the evening and if you do a bunch of physical activity, it kind of gets you worked up, makes you, you know, harder to sleep, etc. So I've been really wanting to shift that routine to the morning. But of course, if I do that, I gotta wake up earlier and I, I'm just I'm not a morning person. I I've I've given it an honest try a handful of times in the last, you know, five years or so and Every time have have failed, but gonna gonna try it again.
0: So I think you should. It's 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 a it's a nice feeling uh, when you can do it. You just have to try to make it a habit. Uh, but uh, no, like you said, working out at night is is problematic for me. The uh, working out at night is ideal because it kind of like exhausts you, so it's easy to fall asleep.
1: Um. Well, y- yes, that that can happen, but also by by working out you know your blood's pumping your I, I feel a lot more awake i feel i'm my most awake after i'm you know finishing a workout
0: hmm, then you should just run an extra mile to the point of exo- exhaustion <laughs>
1: maybe maybe you're not working out hard enough maybe uh so what what is
0: this you sent in the slack so this maybe we can i don't i could have sworn this was already my pick of the week and if it wasn't i'll steal that for this week uh but this is a an app that i'm really uh that I started using kind of at the start of the year. Again, I'm not a new year's resolution person, but I do, I I did use that as an excuse to try to get better at a couple things. And it's a way of kind of just tracking habits and trying to build habits. And I have gotten a lot better about waking up earlier. So what, what what
1: is this app called? It's called momentum. I I don't, I don't think you've mentioned this on the show. And if you have, I've completely forgotten about it.
0: No, it's, it's, um, hold on, let me, let me send you another screenshot. Make sure it has no super personal info.
1: I think after uh, after this whole omnifocus thing, I'm just going to start blindly taking all your software advice. Again, I, I won't recommend anything. Like, I mean,
0: you might not get the same amount of benefit that I do from something, but I won't ever recommend something that's just complete crap. Um, so here's kind of just the default um, view. So these are a couple of the um, habits I'm trying to build or things I'm trying to get better at.
1: Oh, I like this a lot. So it's
0: dead simple. It just allows you, like, because I me, mean, like, that was one of the things about the Nike Fuel band that I really liked that I hate about the Apple Watch, which is that uh, the Nike Fuel app was good about um, building streaks so that, like, I felt like this pressure, like, I have a 20-day streak going and I don't want to mess it up, so I'll go and do a jog around the neighborhood even when I feel really tired because I want that to go up by an extra day and I don't want to break it. So here I have like I, I'm trying to exercise four to five days a week. I want to be more consistent about waking up early. I want to start when I get up, kind of have a plan for the day. So like, other than work, what are things I want to accomplish? So I don't just kind of just fiddle away or fritter the day away, and then just kind of like fritter, eating fritter the day away. Is that that, a... that that is the word. Again, I, I don't know English anymore.
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any, anyway, Sorry.
0: and and then uh, I'm trying to do more like. There are all these like creative projects I want to work on, but I I just never actually do them. So that's another thing I'm trying to do. And as you can see, I've done it one out of six days this week, so I'm not doing too well.
1: So to you, how does this work? You set criteria, and then you? No, you just you just
0: set a goal, and then just at every night you just evaluate: Did I do this today? Hmm. And then hopefully, just like waking up early and prioritizing my day, I've gotten better at that. Exercising, I'm doing that more regularly, but trying to do something that's kind of creative. Oh, this hey, this counts as a creative task. There we go. The the podcast? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. There's a checkbox
1: for that. This is the definition of a creative oh. task.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Momentum. It's uh, five bucks in the App Store. Um, the Mac app stinks, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I really like it. Hmm. Highly recommended. It. It's it's simple, and you can make it, uh, again, like OmniFocus, as um, complex or as, as easy as you want.
1: Well, so should we just completely, you know, break our normal flow of the show and just wrap up the, the Picks of the Week section right right here in the kind of the first quarter of the show? <laughs> We're 20 minutes out. Actually, yeah, a quarter. Go for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. If, can... you,
0: if you got yours good to go.
1: Yeah, I do. I don't know if you're going to like this one. <laughs> Uber's new logo? <laughs> no. Um, Evernote. Wasn't that my anti-pick of the week last week? <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. So I gave it a try, because like we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, have been looking for a note-taking app, specifically one that works well cross-platform. And... So that know, means everything you're about to describe cannot describe Evernote? No, it's, so Evernote is not... I would not say it's a great app. It's by no means perfect. Um... It's its interface is a bit janky, the 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 notes, the actual like note taking interface is fairly limited.
0: This a ringing endorsement.
1: No, but but for me, um, as we've discussed many times, you know, I I have to use a Windows based machine at work, but then I also have my MacBook Pro, and then of course I'm frequently on my iPhone, and that is the one thing I have found that Evernote does exceedingly well is. You know, I and I've done this a handful of times where, you know, I, I've taken notes on my uh, Windows laptop, like while I'm in a meeting, and then as some additional thoughts come to mind that I want to write down, I'll add to that on my Mac, and then I've had it where I actually took a, a photo on uh, using my iPhone that I wanted to add to some notes, which I then just did write on my phone. So the the cross platform. um uh, workflow is really, really nice in Evernote. And, you know, it it's good enough where I can kind of look past all of its other shortcomings.
0: Yeah. So so what kind of you don't have to get too specific, but what kind of notes, what type of uh information are you storing inside of it?
1: It's usually meeting notes. That's what I've been trying to get really good at. So um you know as as a my typical workflow, I and mean, my typical it's just been a couple of weeks, but um, I'll be taking notes through a meeting. You know, I'll, I'll capture some key ID ideas, and then I'll also, you know, capture maybe some some action items. And then from there, I can go to my Mac after the meeting, convert those action items into actions in OmniFocus. Um, again, I can go back and add.
0: Look at you, m- sound like a professional. I know.
1: <laughs> I can, you know, I can add media. So if there's some type of PowerPoint presentation, which is um, a part of that meeting, I can, you know, attach that presentation to the notes. Whereas previously, you know, that PowerPoint presentation probably would have just sat in my archive email folder forever and been impossible to find two months from now. So it's also been actually a nice way to organize some key um, kind of reference material as well.
0: Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's unfortunately the best at what it does if what it does means work a, across a lot of devices. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's weird, but yeah, that's it's true. Cool, and I'm, I'm glad you're on it. Um one thing that I will recommend or maybe uh, uh recommend or suggest that you consider um because I've adjusted my workflow slightly from when we talked uh, 2 weeks ago about kind of the whole getting things done thing. Um I've brought an app called Simple Note back into my life and it's um it might actually work for you if you don't need the kind of the rich text functionality or like the attachment storage. Um, Simple Note is a lot simpler and more lightweight, and it does work across all the same platforms. So that might be something to check out for you.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. And can I uh, give a follow-up pick of the week? Oh, wow. That's please. Since we're talking about Evernote, uh, I don't know if I've already picked this one before, but um, have you ever heard of Scannable? No. So it's um a document scanner uh, app that uses your iPhone's camera that's made by Evernote that automatically will it it's really smart about capturing just the um, uh document in front of you and it'll uh, automatically crop it and uh make it black and white only unless it's a color document and just spit out a PDF into evernote automatically and it's and it's super seamless
1: does this uh this o c r as well
0: um I don't... Uh, well, Evernote Premium OCRs any PDF you do, no matter what. Mm, okay. And Evernote Premium, if you start using it a lot, is worth the $5 a month.
1: Oh, and Scannable connects directly to the ScanSnap Evernote Edition scanner.
0: Does it? Yeah, <laughs> I think... Because, again, Evernote's having some uh, trying times recently. Uh, so, the, yeah, they finally closed down that Evernote market thing.
1: But, yeah. Um. And is this... Is, is this this scannable app that this is free mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: yeah it it's it's uh risk free to try um but yeah it it definitely adds more value to an evernote
1: premium subscription oh huh, okay yeah well we're we're all just we're all out of sorts now that the picks of the week have happened in in the middle of the show
0: yeah man this a, Darth is on point tonight are you you're you're look you're looking at Twitter while we're recording? I have I have a twelve twenty seven inch screen. What am I supposed <laughs> to do with the left uh, fifth of my screen? That's fair. Oh uh, man. All right. Uh, so what do you want to do next?
1: So I I want to hear more about the, the actually the first link you put into the the Slack for this week, which is uh, an article by uh, your friend Jason Snell on MacWorld titled "How Far Can the iPad Fall." So to tell me tell me what Jason's trying to get at here.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, in general, it was just about just based on the upgrade cycles and all that kind of stuff, how much can the iPad shrink as a percentage of Apple's overall revenues? So basically I I think this is just more of a discussion on what you think the future of the iPad is based on its establishment of something that like kind of, we've understood that people bought it. A lot of people thought it was a cool idea and maybe either they decided they don't need it or they don't need it, it. The current one does what it needs just fine and incremental improvements like it gets faster and it has like apple pencil support aren't that aren't that important. So so what do you what do you think's going to happen with it?
1: Yeah, I mean I think so I think the the mistake from the from the get-go with the iPad was was trying to lump it in with the iPhone in terms of the, like the impact that it would have in its product category. And it, that was a completely unfair expectation right from the start because fundamentally the iPad didn't really bring a whole lot new to the table when when in in an, in a post iphone world you know when the iphone came out there was just an endless list of things that were completely new and different about it um and the ipad i mean it, it's a it's a tired argument and I, I don't really agree with it, but I also kind of do, which is you know especially early on a little bit less so now with some of the things in iOS 9. But really at the end of the day, the, the iPad's a big iPhone. I mean, it just is. There are certain apps a uh, uh, kind of small oh. hand, small handful oh. of apps. Oh, well, hear me out. There is a small handful of apps that really do differentiate themselves on the iPad compared to their iPhone counterpart. But for the for the most part, there just really isn't a ton of software or a ton of utilities that take advantage of what the iPad can offer versus just the iPhone. And especially now in a world with the iPad mini and the iPhone, excuse me, iPhone plus line. I mean, even the screen size difference has, has gotten a lot smaller since, you know, 2010. Um, And so anyway, I, I think what the, what the iPad needs to really take, take the next step and really differentiate itself and, make people I think excited again is it's gotta do something fundamentally different. Um, you know, it's gotta have a completely different operating system than the iPhone, which I don't think is practical, but I I just, just I'm just an idea guy, Carlos. You you gotta run with this stuff. Um it's gotta have some new dramatic method of input. It's gotta it's gotta have something like that to I, I think really, you know, be an iPhone type product. And you know quite frankly, it just it may it may never get there at least not you know the way that we know the ipad today but i d I, I don't I don't think these small you know iterative updates where we're we're making it thinner, lighter, adding apple pencil support, making the screen contrast better that's not that's not what people are complaining about like people aren't walking into an Apple store and saying oh, you know this screen doesn't look nice enough or oh this thing is too heavy like nobody's saying that about the iPad and so making it thinner um even making it faster um the, the iPad iPad as it stands today is is fast it's really fast and i, I don't think that's you know that, that's not what's holding people back from buying it yeah i think the issue is
0: thinking of it as a product that has to match the iPhone because i don't Everybody needs a smartphone, but not everybody needs a tablet. And it's just never going to be that way. But I think there are... I don't know because I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm somebody who grew up with like the old legacy style of computing products and I'm very set in my ways. And while I like my iPad, if there's an iPad Air 3 that comes out like this March... Uh, there's a very, very small chance that I'm going to get it because I just don't see the need. I, I'm quite happy with my Air too, but I, I, I just think they. I'm not even sure what they need to do to fix the whole thing. I, I just, I think it probably is going to get worse before it gets better, just because they're not they're not going to take a Microsoft approach and try to make some type of Surface Book or try to blend and merge the. The Mac and iPad hardware. They're not going to branch off iPhone and iPad software because that uh, loses the advantage of write once and then it mostly works on the iPad as well. So I'm just, I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but I, I do think that the iPad Pro is not going to make a dent in this and that an Air 3, I don't think that really changes the replacement cycle because I think most people don't really care about uh, Apple Pencil support. So yeah, I just don't know.
1: I guess if if we did know, then you know we'd be be striking it rich at Apple. Yeah, I, I just I, I really I really don't know. Um, I just I just do th- I just think it has to do something really different than what it's doing today. Yeah, but it's just, it's just a question of what that is. Yeah.
0: Because again, I don't think fundamentally you're going to change it from being like a consumption device to a creation device unless you fundamentally rethink the software.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, all right. So um mo- moving right along here. Um there's something something I wanted to maybe this might be one of our, our longer discussions. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. But uh Adam Lissigore, uh your your friend in mind. I th- I think we can call him our Sandy. friend now. Yeah Sandy we since we saw him live a few weeks ago. Um had a really I thought just kind of terrific set of tweets uh, talking about, um, well, let me I'll, let me just read the tweets. Obviously, they're short. Got to be under 140 characters, at least for now. Um, so here we go. So Amazon Echo is a successful speech robot because you, are, you use it in the home where it's mostly private and without much competing sound. I don't like talking to Siri for the same reason I wouldn't write a hoverboard. No way to do it in public without looking like a dick. But this leads to an important question why does trying to communicate with a robot make us feel vulnerable and embarrassed? Should it? And so that's, that's my question to you, Carlos. Should it? Yes. Today. Or sorry, today, comma,
0: yes, period. (laughs) Like, because I, I understand what he's saying. We, we haven't, so this is like, there's like two to three different like key issues here. One, it's the fact that uh, artificial intelligence and, and just the stuff behind Siri, and to a lesser extent Google now, but like Google now is is miles ahead of of Siri. Uh, Siri Siri is just way worse. But that the artificial, like the level of reliability that a user can have, that the artificial intelligence or like the natural language processing and in, in the Machine learned responses that you're going to get out of it. Like the level of confidence we have that the result is going to be right isn't high enough yet to the point where somebody is going to be willing to use it and speak to it confidently and expect the correct result back. It's like I, I, that, and that tempers what I'm willing to do with Siri or um, the OK Google feature on my Android phone because. If I'm in public or someplace where somebody else can hear me, I'm only ever going to use that in the sense of something where I'm sure there's like a 90% chance it's going to get it right, whether that be setting a timer or calling somebody or doing very, very basic voice dictation. But if I'm asking for the answer to a question or for it to do some type of calculation for me or for it to do something that there's any... Like if if that confidence like interval drops, then I, I am hesitant to use it, and I will do it like the old fashioned way, which is probably going to take longer. Whereas something like Amazon Echo, which is a product that I've been really curious about, and even though I, I think it's super limited, and I don't, <clears throat> I don't shop enough on Prime where some of its key features would be all that appealing to me. That product seems far more interesting because voice activation in the home, where at most you're either talk, you're embarrassing yourself to nobody or one other person. The like benefits of like voice activation computing is like, it it makes sense. It it allows you to be more daring where you wouldn't be in regular life.
1: Yeah, I for me, I it's not even it, it is a little bit about looking like an idiot if it doesn't work. But I think even if Siri were 100% reliable and I knew it was going to do exactly what I expected it to do every time, I would still be really self-conscious about using it in public. What was that? Well, I mean even um and we've we've talked about this before too, even using Apple Pay. Like I I've I've gotten to the point where I really trust Apple Pay because it really has never failed on me. I mean, there's been there's been a couple of instances where like, just the, the payment terminal kind of wigged out, but it really wasn't, like, Apple Pay's fault, and it really wasn't even a big deal when it happened. So, if like, for the most part now, I've got, you know, a solid six months of using Apple Pay, where it's it's been extremely reliable. But still, especially when I use my watch to pay, I just, I don't know, I, I, feel, I feel very self-conscious when I do that.
0: But, I, but uh, based on what you're describing, I don't think it's... It's still a a question and a hesitation that's that's driven by your uh, lack of confidence that it's going to work a hundred percent of the time, whether it be your device or if it's the payment terminal. And I think that's something that that's why you would be hesitant to use voice activated software because if it doesn't get it, like, it, if it's like if you pretend it's like doing a magic trick kind of like. If, if you can do it reliably like or like if you're doing like juggling or i i like something where it takes a little bit of skill but you you look foolish if it doesn't work out like if if you could pull it off great and and nobody people are either gonna be impressed or they won't notice but if it fails you you look like an idiot and most people are kind of like programmed around self-preservation and they don't they they try to minimize the number of instances where they appear foolish when they can help it
1: but i think e- even if you could put me in a situation where i somehow knew ahead of time that on a particular transaction apple pay was guaranteed to work or expanding the example to what we're talking about here with you know speech robots if you can guarantee me that siri was going to do exactly what i anticipated it to do i think i would still be self-conscious about using it in public
0: and why do you think that is i i really don't
1: know it it's a fear of fear of looking fancy fear of just kind of looking like a like a nerd like i I don't i don't know
0: i think a lot of elderly people love siri and the concept of it and like they would love to have conversation with computers and and, and things like that if it allows them to avoid having to do like 20 different touches on um on on a touch screen I I don't think it's a fanciness thing because I I think smartphones have become so commoditized that this type of software is in the hands of almost anybody. So I don't think you look fancy or elitist by using it. I think if you're speaking into your watch that's probably still a little bit um a little bit early adoptery. But no, I, I yeah, I, I understand your point, but I I I guess it just contrasts with what I what I fear or what I think about is which is this that if it doesn't work it just makes you look super foolish. And again, that's a luxury that either—like, I, I am more willing to try a, a, a greater array of commands or, or conversations with either Google Now or Siri in my own home than I would when I'm out near other people.
1: Yeah, I think elitist is a really good word. Uh, maybe fa- fancy before wasn't really the the exact right word. Yeah, feeling feeling elitist is is I I think a, a big contributing factor to the way that I feel. So I really I really don't I don't really don't want to be perceived that way, even if it is just around complete strangers in a supermarket. That's that's weird.
0: Yeah, again, I don't think you have to worry about that.
1: Because
0: even the cheapest Android phone. Made in the past couple of years, probably not by samsung got updated to support um Google now hmm. yeah um but no i i really i really liked this line of like kind of discussion that he kind of like curated or fostered whatever the word is again I don't know English tonight but um yeah, I think it's gonna be a while, and I think it i i'm very I'm very confident that in my opinion, that the problem with it is your confidence in the product.
1: Maybe, but I think another big thing is that it just won't feel right to use until basically everyone else is also doing it.
0: But that's never going to happen because we're early adopters or, or we're people like, that's that's not going to happen. Like, are Are you going to wait on your usage until everybody else is good at something? Then you're going to be waiting forever.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm really tempted to get an echo.
1: I know, I I was talking with um talking with some friends over the weekend who who have one and um yeah, it it sounds really really cool, but it it's it's just it's totally one of those things that like in principle it sounds really neat and there are a couple of very specific use cases that are neat, that would, you know, be cool to do once or, like, demo really nicely for a group of people, but, like, day-to-day isn't really something that adds a lot of value.
0: And that's exactly it, because one, I'm not home a lot all the time, asking things like, like, what's in the news? Like, because I assume you saw the Alec Baldwin commercial or whatever.
1: I I did, yes.
0: So, but, like, asking what's in the news or having it reorder a crap on Amazon for me, like... Those aren't things I would want it to do, but having this kind of persistent, always on assistant—didn't mean for that to rhyme—it seems really neat. But again, I just don't think I would use it enough.
1: Yeah, but I already, I already have that in my home, and it's called Siri, and I never use it.
0: Yeah, but Nasiri is so fiddly. I, I don't know. Again, it's, it's one of Oprah's favorite things. What the echo? Yeah yeah i i uh, Cause I look it up once a week and, and that's on the product
1: page. The friend I was talking to i guess the I guess the, this thing goes on sale like periodically, and I think it doesn't it doesn't get cheaper than one seventy nine does it oh yeah and i think I think it it was like all the way down to like, this might have even just been like when it first came out it was like a hundred bucks no yeah i I think remember it was in that stage where like you you had to be selected to pre order it no,
0: but that's back when it was like super regular price.
1: No, I think I think it I think that back then it was like a hundred bucks or something. It was cheaper than it is now, I believe. Hmm. Anyway, the one hundred and seventy nine seems I don't know seems a little steep.
0: Hmm. I like what that their example is. Adele, or sorry, Alexa, play Adele from Prime Music. Pretty good. Hmm. Have you heard that song yet? You better have. Uh, yeah, I have. Okay, finally. Yeah. Um. Ooh, it, it works with Pandora. It does, and Spotify. Yes. Yeah, the only problem is like because I guess what would maybe not push me over the fence, but or push me over the edge, but
1: <laughs> I'm we, so tired. Should, should we start okay. over? Let's, let's, no. just, let's just start over.
0: Again, you saw my thing. I I uh, I got up early today.
1: Yeah, we're we're recording on a Tuesday, which is you know it's not our not our normal routine. Yeah, um, I think I could like justify this sort of if it was a good Bluetooth
0: speaker but apparently all the reviews are that it kind of, it sounds kind of crappy.
1: Oh, but the, the product description here says, fills the room with immersive 360-degree omnidirectional audio.
0: Yeah, um, but I think all <laughs> reviews say that sounds really shitty. <laughs> and, and I love my Bose SoundLink Mini because it sounds amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I thought it was a really interesting thing that he pointed out, and it, it's definitely something to think about. Because as computers get more personal, sort of. Because I assume a uh, Siri eventually will make its p- its way to the Mac. Cortana, whatever the hell that is, is on Windows 10. Uh you talk to your Xbox now. Does does PlayStation 4 have any voice activated stuff as part of like PlayStation Move or whatever the hell their thing is?
1: It yeah, if you have the move um if you have the move controller along with the, the camera, it, it had, there is some limited voice um, dictation you can do but it it's not as extensive as it is with uh, the xbox hmm. the echo may be the closest thing we'll have to a star trek computer at home according to cnet
0: that, is, that doesn't mean much to me
1: and then the, the, the usa today quote which is right next to it echo could hear my voice even when music was playing loudly and, that, and that's the entire quote Seems odd to have those two quotes kind of, you know, next to one another.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, one, one of these days or years. Maybe I could entertain my corgi when I'm not home. Yeah, maybe. If, if Alexa could be a dog sitter, I'd totally get one. And that would solve <laughs> my dog problem.
1: Uh, Insofar yeah, you, as I lack a dog. <laughs> you you really need a corgi.
0: I do, but I also... Or, Again, I'll send you tons of pictures if you want to fund the doggy daycare it would need because I'm never home. Yeah. All right. Um, so, are you happy about this whole DraftKings thing? I I am ecstatic. So, again, is DraftKings the... I know one of these sort of... One of them sort of specializes in football and one of them more closely specialized in baseball. Is DraftKings the baseball one or the, the football one? I To be honest, I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, apparently uh, 20th Century Fox uh, decided to, because uh, most companies will periodically reevaluate what their shares of a uh, not-public company are worth, and it looks like Fox, during their most recent uh, measurement of that, uh, slashed the value of their stake in DraftKings, uh, DraftKings by sixty percent. Hopefully soon, a hundred percent.
1: Amen because to it's that. Just
0: because it's just the worst. It's legalized gambling that, and also, so a couple things with this, not necessarily related to this particular article, but I, I'm getting super annoyed with it, and and I'm just bothered by the fact that most like. ESPN is also weird for a number of reasons, mainly in the fact that they've switched most of their sports reporting to being uh, just summarizing uh, sports player tweets, which is not good at all. But the other half of it is now just like fantasy sports updates. And they talk about statistics and, and sporting events in just like super weird terms that aren't actually relevant to the game and are only relevant to people who play like fantasy betting. Which I do not like at all. So if that goes away, that I'll I'll be extremely happy. But yeah, this I, I don't know. Like I don't understand why these weird like legalized betting middlemen got so popular, and and I and I can't wait
1: until they. I mean, it, go, I right? think it, it's clear. I mean, there's there's a, there's a strong desire by a lot of people in this country to legalize gambling. And it, right, wrong, or otherwise, that 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 is what it is. There's a lot of people who wish gambling were legal. There's a strong desire to have it be legal. People want to gamble. I mean, that just but isn't it, gambling legal in public?
0: I mean, k- kind of like it. Well, I,
1: I, it's in this in this in this country. It's complicated, but you know, in certain certain states and certain parts of states, yes.
0: But i mean don't people who like if you have a group of friends like can't you just
1: make a wager in person like well but it, you you don't get the you don't get the scale that you get with something like this which is really what people are after like with with a group of friends it'd be hard to have a you know a ten dollar entry become a five thousand dollar prize it'd hard hard to coordinate that many people sure but I think that that's that's my biggest problem with this whole DraftKings fan duel crap is that it by having these sites try to skirt the existing law it's it's detracting from the real conversation that should be had which is just kind of fundamentally the pros and cons of gambling and whether or not gambling should be legal like to me this whole conversation is a stupid distraction and it's people arguing over something which I don't even really see how you can argue. Like, I really, I really don't understand the argument. And I, I try to be the type of person who kind of sees both sides of an argument. I don't see the argument where you say that these sites are not gambling. Like, it just, (laughs) it's just trying to argue that is is just mind-blowing. And again, I think it just, it totally undermines much more important conversations that should be had around this subject.
0: I'm just not sure that you understand what a game of skill is.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I, I'll grant
0: you that. I know we're both having like lingual troubles tonight, but but it's 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 a game of skill. Okay.
1: Yeah, I know maybe that's what it is. I'm just you just off my game, and you know.
0: Yep. All right. Um, hmm. Well, on that. Uh, speaking of uh, sports, Super Bowl. Any opinion? I I didn't really watch it.
1: I mean, you know, yeah. I um, I watched the the whole game. Went over to to a friend's house. Um, it was it was uh, you know, I think if I think for casual fans, it was probably a pretty crappy game. Generally, I think people like offense more than defense, which is fine. Um, so I, as a defensive struggle, I'm not really sure how entertaining the game was to a lot of people. Uh, but I I thought it was fine. Uh, I I was I was pulling for Denver to win. I it was good to see you know Peyton go out on top. Um, the commercials were kind of eh, n- nothing really. Nothing really stood out. I thought, I thought Squarespace's ad was just bizarre. They also had a a plane flying over San Francisco prior to the game, or I guess the day before the game. You know, flying one of those big banners with the whole real talk thing.
0: Yeah, that that was a, a weird campaign. Just because I I do really like Key Peel like as a comedy, like I, those are the guys who are playing those parts.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, and and they have a great show, and it's great, uh, and like that's super entertaining. But that whole thing was just weird, and I, I I I yeah, strange. I I said, where where are they getting all their money from?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I really don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, but that that was strange. The game, what whatever, I didn't really watch. Um, I am happy the Broncos won for for many reasons that we'll talk about offline. Um, did, did you see? Uh, have, this is vaguely vaguely related to the, this conversation at all? You see the new Prius? Because they had like three or four different ads it, during the game.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not really a big fan of those like multi part ads.
0: Yeah, but but uh, but specifically,
1: is that not the ugliest car in the world? It re- really is. Like, I Prius is kind of old, pre-i. I don't know. Um, they they've they've always <laughs> not been a very attractive car, in my opinion.
0: Like, well, uh, before, like it was kind of uh, they were kind of boring and and like old people looking cars, and they they always had like kind of this weird, slightly futuristic look. But the new one is just hideous.
1: Yeah, I I actually think too with the the Prius like the, it's the interior that I really don't like. I mean the exterior is kind of funky looking, but I really I really don't like the dash on a Prius.
0: Yeah, but but don't all Toyotas look kind of kind of um, gross on the inside?
1: No, I don't think so. I think the the Prius in particular is just kind of weird looking.
0: Is it the whole like center console mileage thing? Yeah,
1: like? like the the super recessed recessed dash. I just really don't like.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, all right. That's enough uh, sports talk then.
1: Well, the well, the one thing I will say I I liked about the commercials, which I actually didn't read about until today, um, it was there there was this random coffee commercial from some you know roastery I had never heard of before.
0: Oh yeah, wasn't the one they gave away or something?
1: Yeah, and it it stood out in the moment. I was like, huh, that seems like a really random thing to advertise during the Super Bowl. Like, how did these guys even like you know come together? Uh, or how to get they get the you know money together for this thing. Because it was it's five million dollars for a 30 second spot. That was the going rate this year. Um and it turns out that um Intuit had, had some type of competition where they gave away the opportunity to have a Super Bowl ad to a small business and it was these guys who won. Which I thought was really cool. That's
0: neat. Yeah. And and I should uh, clarify, uh add time on this podcast. Far cheaper,
1: far cheaper than five million. We You know, we should reach reach out to us and we'll we'll cut you a deal, as uh, Gruber says when he has you know last minute <laughs> openings on daring fireball. Yeah. yeah, well make 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 a deal. I think that's actually his his terminology. Yeah,
0: more more targeted audience, a better ROI.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Come on, t- talk to us, <laughs> <laughs>
1: P- please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's fine. Uh, anyway, yeah that that was yeah, that's mainly it. Um. There's one other thing I had about the game, but that's mainly it. Do you know what the terms were for streaming it? Because I've heard for a couple of years they uh, – or, like, this is the second year they've they've actually streamed it. Is this part of, like, this new CBS All Access thing? Was this sold by the NFL or was this something else? Do you know?
1: I think – well, so the way that the Super Bowl works, right, is it, it's there's the three primary broadcasters, NBC, Fox um, – and CBS, and um, they alternate each year, you know, who's going to cover the game. So, like, I think next year it's Fox, and the year after that it'll be NBC, then it'll go back to CBS, etc. And I think that they all three of them now have offered the Super Bowl to stream. So, I'm sure there is some partnership with the NFL there, but... But,
0: I guess, is it free, or is it... Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah, I think, Hmm. like, with CBS on Sunday, I don't think you needed a cable subscription or anything. Interesting. I mean, it it makes sense. I mean, these these networks are you can get them over the air anyway.
0: Well, that doesn't stop CBS from charging for its (laughs) its um streaming package online.
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) that's true. Yep. Anyway,
0: um, all right. Where do you want? Where do you want to go next? Do we have? So either looking at our notes, either third place smartphone operating system or do you want to think about uh iOS feature adoption
1: um actually i, I was thinking maybe a uh um little short topic here our, our friend uh, friend gene munster kind of what he's up to these days <sighs> no no <laughs> uh so he he's he's off the he's off the Apple HDTV uh train and now he's he's hopping on the the VR uh, Apple VR train yeah uh, saying that VR is going to be coming to iOS within 2 years you just got you gotta love you gotta love this guy's stick to itness.
0: His level of conviction that's rare in uh, in the in authenticity of today's media.
1: <laughs> I mean, what do, you, what do you think about this? Like, is 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 there any chance we're going to see VR in an iPhone in two years? Like, I, I'm I'm the wrong
0: person to ask because I I cannot give two shits about virtual reality.
1: <laughs> really, not at all.
0: Not at all. Because I don't play video games, and I don't know what I would ever benefit from. And again, like, uh, this is like a fundamental, like, uh, uh, difference or, like, the point of contention for me is, like, I I understand people, like, will say that, like, uh, smartphones and, and modern technology and the internet are, in a lot of ways, making us less connected with one another. And... I find that virtual reality, like that, like this weird headset where you're cut off from the entire world and you're like, that has zero appeal to me. So, so, so no, I I don't see this as being neat at all. I've, I've played around with Google Cardboard, which is supposed to be kind of like a 3D slash VR type thing, sort of, which is a neat trick for a couple of minutes, but no, like VR has zero appeal to me.
1: Hmm. I mean, I it, I I think I think that's fair because it is really going to have to be one of those things that you see to I think really get. So,
0: but, but can you give me an example of an implementation? Because I don't like games. So, so what is there? We
1: don't know yet. I mean, ga- games are really the only thing we've seen demoed, and even even those have been pretty light tech demos. Like, I I really don't think we're going to see other uses of it until you know these things start to get in people's hands and developers start to.
0: But like again, can you give, can you give me a suggestion like does it mean like oh you can tour a model home with a headset or something? Like like Yeah.
1: I mean, I think that that's that's been part of it. I think um you know, you could walk into a room and see it, you know, kind of like with a new paint color or with a wall removed or there's a lot of like, you know, I think a lot of applications like that potentially. But I mean, I don't I don't know. I I, I think I think if I if I did know, I'd be off making the next million dollar idea in a in a lab somewhere. But um... <laughs> in a lab, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in jo- Johnny Ives, you know, white room. Oh, the one from sixty minutes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, yeah. So, do do you think this is happening?
1: I I think it could happen, but I two years seems really aggressive. Especially,
0: well, actually, I I should take this back from inside my head, but I, I used to be under the impression that Apple liked polish on things. So two years does seem super aggressive, because normally they let everybody else kind of sort out the details. And I don't think people are going to have sorted out the details within two years. But again, Apple doesn't really um, seem to mind the level of polish uh, on something before they put it out into the wild anymore. So
1: yeah hmm just had just had to get your little apple shot in there
0: no that that was supposed to be a transition into something else
1: uh in, into
0: was it, wasn't there a big discussion or or like a mini controversy about uh the the level of uh quality of apple's first party software wasn't that a big uh kerfuffle this week
1: i is is there any week where it's not a kerfuffle
0: Yes. Some <laughs> sometimes. Last last week people were talking about football. Um Yeah, and also, well, what was the thing about iOS feature adoption? Maybe I m I don't remember. Yeah, no, that, so I I'm, I'm
1: just giving you a hard time here. So so there there was an opinion piece. I think this is on uh you know, you know, let me get my, my sources right here. I think it was was it nine to five Mac that did this? Uh let's see here. Yeah, nine nine to five Mac. Zach Hall, nine to five Mac. Um, you know, long story short here. I think what he what he's calling out is that um, when Apple comes out with new features for iOS, it's it's become very common for even their own stock apps to not really take advantage of those new features. Like I think 3D Touch has been a really good example where not all of their apps, even still today, have 3D Touch. Like I think they pointed out that like the trailers app uh, just recently got updated and still doesn't have 3D Touch support. Um, but even when they do um, have support for a new feature, they don't really find innovative ways to to use those features. Like it's very, it just it's very generic the way that they use it. And I I keep coming back to like the three D touch example where I think it's totally true where three D touch on pretty much all the stock iOS apps are, you know it it's 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 just not it's not very compelling. And I don't think it really sets a very good example for other developers to utilize the feature and further still it doesn't even really incentivize them to do it at all in the first place i think that's that's a problem kind of yeah i I don't
0: know i i i want to feel bad or i or i want to give them cut them some slack on this but yeah it seems like especially with like uh, the iOS multitasking, it took forever for iWork uh, to get updated to support that like when when the new Apple TV came out uh, there was no update to the Apple TV remote app uh, for for iPhones like there's a lot of stuff where it seems like like they're the ones who have the inside track for what's coming out like they know better than anybody else like they're not like waiting for somebody on 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 the other marketing team to give them like a developer preview of something like they have access to it and when when new new features come out like a lot of times like they just kind of ignore it and 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 they're that's the same stuff like apple like wouldn't they need to lead by example if they want everybody else to like go for broken and try to uh Hinge the success of their applications on these new features that Apple is counting on there being software ready to use in order to move those products. Like, is it, is, aren't all like the first like couple months of reviews, like from any iPhone user, like on the app store, aren't they all complaining about, Oh, it doesn't support this, like whatever the marquee feature of, of the new generation was like this generation. It was 3d touch the, the, the year before it was uh touch ID There were so many things where like it just didn't support it and then everybody gets mad at third party developers but apple generally doesn't even do much more than that unless it's like the bare bones built into the operating system software
1: right no i think that's a really good point is that it's it's not even it's not just apple that ends up kind of looking bad it's third party developers that look bad too because and
0: and we've said in the past of like how the things like apple should be giving people more time uh with the new software in order to be ready for release day
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it gets back to what we were talking some about last week too, which is I just with iOS, it just, it feels like Apple just like they, they push these new features out the door and then they just don't do anything with them. Like they just really don't, they don't make them interesting or compelling in any way. Like it, it, it makes for a cool little 15 second demo on stage. But when it comes time to actually try to utilize that feature in your everyday use of the phone or your iPad, whatever it just it's it's just it's it's not there i mean I think the the list goes on and on it's it's Siri it's three d touch it's notification center um it's control center um it's it's just it's just so it's just so much that just just it just doesn't get taken advantage of
0: and and changing the discussion just a little bit uh, how much how much longer do you think apple's gonna kind of be able to try to keep this up in the sense that they either because apple's trying to do a lot of things in-house that other people do better like in the sense that like uh siri mapping uh cloud backup like all these other things that like google will generally do a lot better than them how like do you think that's just gonna be something going forward where they think they need to be the be all end all of software and services for your iPhone because like there's no chance they're ever going to be as good as Google at mapping. And it has gotten like the the gulf between the reliability and expansiveness of what you can get from Google now and Google voice search compared to Siri it has just grown so much in the past year that in, in Google's favor. It's like how much longer are they going to continue to try to do everything in-house even though it's generally worse but also on that note they make it almost impossible for anybody to deeply integrate into ios so that even if i want to use google maps i generally will get like apple maps shoved into my face if i ever do anything with siri
1: yeah i mean I, i would have said a couple of years ago that well you know yeah, we don't really get the flexibility with third-party apps, but what you're left with is a much better, more stable experience, and that's it's not really the case anymore. It feels like we've kind of have this one-sided trade-off now where Apple gets to be the primary software vendor on your phone, but then the benefit of the stability that has historically brought just it's still there, but just not nearly as much as it used to be.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's all I've got for this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think that's about all I got too.
0: All right, well, you can feel free to rearrange the show in whatever way is more suitable to the listeners. <laughs> I we threw every, we're recording on a Tuesday. We did picks of the week at the front. Everything's um, everything's all uh, mixed up.
1: Yeah, but, but you know, we're just we'll throw this in logic, and you know, we'll be good to go.
0: Just just put the. Uh, okay, how about this for a test? Well, we'll put both of these files in Dropbox. I want you to ask Siri to edit the podcast for you and tell her the stuff's in Dropbox. She'll complain it's not an iCloud drive. And even if it was an iCloud drive, she wouldn't do anything useful with it. And she won't set. And she'll make a snarky comment about the egg uh,
1: being overcooked. What if I maybe. Well, maybe what if I get like the Amazon Echo? I bet that'll do it.
0: That's what AWS is for.
1: Yeah. It can just become a business expense.
0: Yeah. Got all that cloud computing power.
1: Right.